Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Chai Break Podcast. This is your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar. And Ramachari from New York City. This season, we're excited to interview a roster of amazing South Asian women who have broken barriers, questioned norms, and continue to make a mark for themselves. They come to you from all over the globe, from Bangalore to New York, Melbourne and everywhere in between. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we do and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hi, Shweta. How are you? Good morning. Hi. Good morning from a super gloomy and foggy day here in New York City. I know. I know. The weather has been a little bit of up and down. We're supposed to be in spring and spring hasn't sprung yet. No, not at all. But we're going to brighten it up thanks to our guest today, New York-based dancer and choreographer Bharti Paneswaran. Oh, I'm so excited about this interview. Uh, Just reading Bharti's bio is just so inspiring. Hello, Bharti. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm just going to introduce you to the audience because your bio is just fascinating. So here it goes. Bharti Paneswaran is originally from Delhi, India and is the founder of New York-based dance company, Alokam. What a beautiful name. At some point, you need to translate the name for our audience. She has a postgraduate diploma in Bharatanatyam and a yoga teacher's training as well. Uh, Bharatanatyam is one of the South Indian forms of dancing. Um, She's been part of several performances worldwide, the most notable being her performance as the lead protagonist in an Indian National Award-winning documentary, Oh Friend, This Waiting directed by Justin McCarthy and Sandhya Kumar, which was screened in India as well as in Paris and San Francisco. Woohoo! That's awesome. With a rich solo and group performance career spanning almost two decades via Alokam Dance Company, Bharati strives to provide her students and the South Asian diaspora a space to continually push the boundaries of the Indian classical dance form and how it is perceived both locally and globally. That is amazing, Bharti. With that introduction, we welcome you, Bharti Paneeshwaran. Hey, Bharti. Hey, thank you, thank you. That is so awesome. First, a couple of things for our audience. One, um, why the name Alokam? Two, what is Bharatanatyam? Why the name Alokam? Uh, so Alokam was founded between two friends, me and Jyotsna Kalyana Sundaram. Sundar, sorry. And... Uh, we were two Paradhanatyam dancers who were struggling to find space to create our own imagination. So we came together, we started practicing, and then I, me being a full-time dancer, I just put this thing out, why don't we start a class or school together and see where it goes? And then Jotsna got really excited and we started throwing too many words out there in the universe. <laughs> uh, initially, Alokam was Kaksha, like classroom. And then we thought that's very limited and Kaksha is just limited to classroom. It doesn't go beyond that. Mm -hmm. And then we went around and around and somehow she came with the word Aloka. Mm. Like it's the word, it it means vision. And then I added come to it. So it is (laughs) Alokam now. So it means vision. That is beautiful. It's a Sanskrit for, the origin is Sanskrit, right? Yeah, it is. For Alokam. Yeah. And I think both of us went to our teachers to get some recommendation and somehow we put those words together and this is what came out of it. It's a beautiful beautiful. word. It's just when you say Alokam, it just sounds beautiful. It sounds serene. 
and it has such a beautiful meaning behind it. Very nice. And uh, Bharatanatyam is a South Indian classical dance form. And uh, I, both Shweta and I have trained as well. So many in, in this interview, we're going to have so many questions for you because you are practicing a form that we learned as kids, but we haven't taken it to the way you've taken it. So um, there are so many questions we want to ask, but let's start with one of the basic ones. So, you know, being a dancer from India, your venture into the art form was not like the run of the mill, right? Yeah, although you're from a South Indian family, we're all from South Indian family, the usual uh, way of bringing, especially female, you know, a girl child is teaching her how to learn to sing and dance Bharatanatyam and Karatic music. So can you talk us through your first steps in the dance world? I was five years old and my parents took me to a dance class. Uh, I think I always loved dancing. I still remember Madhuri Dixit's Ek Do Teen that used to go <laughs> the classic. It, it used to play around 24-7. Yeah. And my parents got really irritated by that. And they just took me to Bharatanatyam dance class and they said, go do that there, not at home. <laughs> and we, I had a lot of breaks up and down. Like it was never a consistent thing, as you know, with studies and all of those things. So I started at five years old. Then I came, at, then I had a long break and I came back to dance when I was 18 years old. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. I think the thing that strikes me most is um, also, you know, you did not have a, a traditional Indian guru as well, right? You know, with his expertise and, you know, uh, your guru, just, uh, Justin McCarthy, he's uh, American. So how was that? Was it a different experience? Did you have friends and peers like, you know, learning from other Indian gurus? And how was your experience? And what did it do to you in terms of paving your path in the dance field? I think my idea of Bharatanatyam was very different before I met Justin, sir. Justin, sir, he sounds American, but he's as Indian as it gets. Mm-hmm. It's a nice something which I didn't expect. He speaks like four Indian languages. I can't speak one properly. <laughs> wow. So many things which he can do as a teacher and he has inspired me in a lot of way I feel like just because he was a bit of a non-traditional teacher he gave us all the traditional values of Bharatanatyam but then he also opened it up in a different way because he's constantly even now I'm taking classes with him even now at his age he's still constantly rethinking what is Bharatanatyam is he's never said to us oh this is what it is and you have to do this so that I think has opened up a lot of visions and it has made me more versatile to do many things and not be scared of doing it or not be worried about what others are going to think. So it has paved a very different path for me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because, you know, I, I work with you, you know, and I've seen your choreography and it's always, you know, it's out of the box thinking. And I think that's uh, it, it shows because traditionally, like I learned from my guru in, in Mysore, India. And I think until I much later, I want to say even after until I moved here to New York, I don't think, you know, it was always like, OK, if this is the Varnam, this is the choreography, you know, that the thought process that, you know, you yes you can change it because there are so many nuances and boundaries that are set, you know, that uh, often dancers are uh, not given that freedom to think that way or not given that uh, the tools to think that way. So I can totally see it in uh, the way you uh, approach dance. I would also like to credit Maya Kulkarniji for this because I think my teacher was always open to new ideas, but how to form that new idea is what I learned from Mayaji. The combination of my teacher and Mayaji has 
opened up like a third dimension for me, which I am very thankful for. And I enjoy thoroughly doing that part. Because ultimately dance of any form is a creative art, right? So there are, you know, it's kind of confining it to say this is how a certain way it has to be done sometimes defeats the very purpose of this art. So I think you have to find that right balance. And I this goes for anything, any art form. That is so fascinating. But I'm, I, I have a question about your, you know, you said you started at five. It learned Bharatanatyam starting at the age of five, which is typically kind of the age where most young girls are introduced to Bharatanatyam. And then what was the journey? Like you said, there was a pause and you went back at 18. Can you kind of explain that period of time? Yeah, uh, I was really bad at studies all the time. I think my I went to first grade and my parents knew that uh, this girl never going to do anything good with her education. So I think they got very stressed at some point of time when I was in fifth grade. I started failing. Like I went to a different school. I couldn't cope mm-hmm. up with the whole environment and everything. So that's where I they made me take a big pause and they said, oh, no, you have to study. I don't care if you get good grades. It's just that I want you to pass through all the grades and just move on and not fail anywhere. So instead of going to dance classes, I ended up going to tuition classes. Mm-hmm. And that's where the journey stopped. And I thought dance was always like, I'm still a huge fan of Madhuri Dikshit from 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So dance journey went through her, but mm-hmm. not through Indian classical dance. And at some point of time, I struggled. I thought uh, Bharatanatyam went away from my body. And then I went and joined Chamak Dawar when I was like in 12th class. Mm-hmm. And that was the cool thing to do. Oh, yes. Those days. <laughs> that was an it thing at those days to join Shamak Dawar classes. Shamak Dawar is uh, is uh, one of the known and uh, well-known Indian choreographers and has his own dance companies, right? And I still remember Shamak Dawar became such a big name with like Dilto Pagal Hai. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, what was the other one? I mean, there are quite a few movies. There was a period of time when his dance style just took over the Bollywood industry. I think industry. Dilto Pagal Hai was his biggest thing. Exactly. Biggest, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And I know there were a series of movies around the same time period where his dance form just took over. And it is still beautiful. I love his dance styles. <laughs> That's awesome. But what also tells me that is, uh, you know, number one, South Asian parents, they, you know, you want to check the box of you, like you've done your grades, you've done, you know, at least you've passed. Your education is so important in the South Asian um, arena. And uh, what also tells me is you always had an inkling towards creativity and art form. And that's probably what pulled you away from just doing the, you know, the usual academic side of learning and memorizing and gathering that knowledge, which was never your thing. It was more creativity that was probably blunted, which came out in the way of like, you know, showed in your grades and scores. And it makes complete sense considering the person you've become today. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? Like when you look back and reflect, you had that creativity right from the get go and it just you just never stopped you just went after it and you just went and found it again i i i want to thank that to my mom she is the one who brought it back also like i was like who will do bharatanatyam it's not cool anymore <laughs> that, that's another story when i decided not to do college and and just do something else something creative more than like a vocational courses where mm-hmm. I can get a job after a diploma or something that's what I was very interested in and I was very interested in public sector mm-hmm. not sitting at a desk and mm-hmm. like doing 9 to 5 job 
and that's when I had a lot of time in my hand. My mom was like, "Why don't you do the Bharatanatyam? You used to love it." I was like, "Oh, oh, I forgot. Maybe I should." And that's how I found Justin. So, and the love for it hasn't stopped yet. That is hopefully awesome. never stops. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really good. Because um, I know that you've talked about that there were periods in your life that uh, you struggled with, you know, body image, and even in the art space, uh, irrespective of how good you were and what a great dancer you were, you still face criticism. How did you handle that? I'm sure that must have been hard. And what impact did that have on you know your experiences? Um, I was always a plumpier kid, and. Uh... I think in those days, at least, I think things are changing a bit now. Not mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. a bit different. I think uh, when you see it's you are a dancer, the first thing they expect you to be a thin, long-armed, curvier woman. So they want curve, they want thinness, and they also want long arms. Yeah. That was not I am, and I would like when you go out to perform and everything. The first initial reaction I've always gotten is no, she, I don't want her. Then when I start performing, I've seen people's reaction change and they have gotten me. Even in school days, hmm. that's what has happened. And when people usually see me dance and that's when they change their mind. But I think for a long time, I didn't realize that was my body issue. Hmm. But there was a specific time when people literally told me on my face saying that, see, you you have to do something about your weight because that's something which is not good for your profession and do something. And then I went and I did a diet, crash diet course. Like there was a period of time in my life. I was constantly dieting and it was one of the horrible way of dieting. And I lost like 10 pounds and everyone around me was so happy that I look so beautiful and this. But I was never, I went into a bit of a depression in Mm -hmm. some ways because Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. craving my body of so much food, nutrition and everything. And I couldn't put my finger what is making me do that. Hmm. but Hmm. when I came to US there was a window where I told myself like I was struggling like every day I would go eat something and feel bad the whole day about eating it then I was like this is not a sustainable thing I just need to let it go Uh then also there was a huge movement about people accepting body in the right body positivity yeah Mm -hmm. body positivity so that also triggered something in me and I was like who cares how I look if people care about it they don't have to work with me right I can do something off again back to this that's why Alokam is still running because I keep putting money into it and I keep uh, pushing it forward because I don't want to sit and expect others to give me opportunity I want to create my own opportunity and tomorrow if I don't have money and no one gives me anything I'll just walk away from dance that's it like that's where I am at this point of time in my life it's it's a lot of expectation and your heart is always broken and everything Mm -hmm. so yeah, exactly. That's how it dealt with the impact. Like, I was struggling to get acceptance from others. And there is a point where I said, like, screw everyone. I don't want to be accepted. I'll create my own path and own journey. Right. People, yeah. I, I started seeing there were in New York, I started creating a set of people. It might be 20 people who came to my performance every single time I perform. I just have to tell them I'm performing. They would buy tickets and they will be there. So that 20 people is enough for me. I don't need 300 people to come and watch my show. So that's how it changed 
my whole vision about dance and about right, my right, right. So it's kind of like, you know, your vibe, your tribe, you know, you're building people who truly are there to support you no matter what and stand with you. Yeah. And uh, I think that also kind of comes with age, right? It's like a sort of a becoming journey where you're finally like, you know what, this is who I am. Let mm-hmm. my art speak for itself. You know, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. My art, you know, says it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like even on Instagram, there are times I, I remember two posts I've posted on Instagram and ranted. My body is changing a lot, like uh, due to pandemic or age or whatever it is. In like last every two, three years, it goes through a change. And then that throws me off a lot because it's not that I'm getting thinner. I'm getting more fat in my life. So every time that happens, I post something like some shitty thing like, oh, my body is my body. Something I would post and then I'll get like 20 messages from people saying like, no, you are beautiful. You do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, why do I go keep going through this thing? Mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't go back to that anymore. Mm-hmm. But it has been such a positive thing. And you hear from pe- others. That's awesome. You know, Bharti, that's why I think you're one of our unsung heroes, because, you know, Number one, you live true to your authentic self. It almost comes across that you're not there to seeking anybody's approval, be it your body image, be it your profession. You burst out with the creativity and you offer it to the world. And whoever takes it can take it because you are giving and you're giving it from a beautiful place. And I think that's what makes this more beautiful, you know, body image and the the kind of work that you do brings the beauty out of it because you're not really doing it for an approval but you're just bringing out the creative you're you're actually giving an offering you're offering it to people Mm -hmm. and you know the people who see that true authenticity behind it kind of are drawn towards you so I think that's the right way to actually build your community and build you know kind of get to the get down to the truth is to find the truth offer the truth and in the, the same energy and wavelength and attract the crowd that will be drawn towards that truth and I guess that's what you're doing. And I, this is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It almost, I think pretty much, I think you've kind of uh, talked about what inspires you to do Alokam. But literally from Delhi, you moved to New York. And let's just kind of talk about how Alokam came along with you in this journey. Wow, it was nine years back. I can't believe all of this happened so long back. Uh, same, like I was in India doing dance and teaching. But there was, I started when I was 19 years old, when I started teaching dance. Mm-hmm. And I also started performing around that time. But the career didn't go much out. People would know, yeah, Bharati Pitneswaran is a dancer. But other than that, there was not much opportunity in India. And as you all know, nepotism is a big part. You need yes. to have connections. Yes. You have to know people. Even after knowing people, you could only go certain point and then it has to be a nepotism thing which takes you forward mm-hmm. so at that point I got very frustrated and I wanted to just change everything and for me I was uh, looking I really wanted to be part of a dance company not teach anymore I was kind of very burned out with mm-hmm. teaching and at that age it also parents don't trust you they treat you like a kid when you're like 25 years old they're always giving you gyan and they're yeah. always telling you yeah what to do what not to do and I'm like no I am the dance expert you might know how to raise your kid but I know how to teach your kid dance so you Mm -hmm. have to trust me in some ways so that dynamic was a bit exhausting in some for a long time and then also the space I was using was like getting on top of me India there's a lot of politics everywhere 
even if you ignore politics it just creeps into your life in some ways so i was very very frustrated and then i had i saw this like small silver line where i thought oh maybe america it is like so i moved to us in 2013 mm-hmm. but i used to come to america from 2010 i'll come visit connect with few dancers and then do some like small workshops and stuff and then go back and then come back again so i i had a really good i built a really good rapport with uh, hema rajagopalan in chicago and she's an amazing teacher dancer she has a, such a beautiful dance company so she invited me and every time i would come to us she was one person who open heartedly invited me to come to chicago and help her teach her with all the classes and everything so it was fun for me then that's the silver lining i saw maybe okay when i if i move with my visit to visa and see what other opportunities are in us and then just be there and at least for two or three years and just figure out what i really want to do i didn't think about money i didn't think about anything i don't know why what i was doing i think i was young and stupid at that time or so, fearless uh, i'd like to say okay. <laughs> So I one night I just decided and within a week I packed my bags and I left and my mom was like what are you doing are you going to come back I was like I don't know I'll let you know in 3 months and let me just go So I packed everything and I left then again I went around like I I was with him aji him auntie for like a month or so I was helping her with her arrangement student she offered a job but I again didn't wanted to go through the same teaching experience i wanted to create and i wanted to be part of a creative journey but with him auntie it was majorly i had to teach and then i have i'll be part of a dance production so i was not into it then i applied for some it was such a random thing like how universe work it's, it's a very weird mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. i was at him auntie's uh at one of the arrangement rehearsal and there was this photographer i forgot his name his name was some ghosh i forgot So that guy we were we started talking and I was telling him like I'm looking for something else I'm not sure what I'm looking for. So that time Jeeva dance mm-hmm. company uh-huh. had put out a audition for dancers in New York. And he was like why don't you go like reach out to Sonali Skandan and he gave me her email address and I started talking to Sonali Skandan but once I started looking up on Jeeva I also realized there are many other dance companies around New York and I reached out to all of them every single person and luckily I got back from everyone but things didn't work with most of them but I ended up going working with Navatman for a year and a half and from there I found Jyotsna Jyotsna found me we started practicing together I was like okay fine why don't we do something of our own again I was again going into the rut of teaching more not performing more not creating more <laughs> that's when i changed the whole journey and said okay let's start this i am still teaching more <laughs> <laughs> but you're also <laughs> but also i'm i'm creating a yes. lot more than what yeah. i was creating yeah. before i think this is the perfect segue since you're we're talking about creating You have an exciting new production coming up. Do you want to tell our listeners and us all about it? I would love to do that. Uh so we have one big production coming up and also a dance festival coming up. The dance festival is called VR Dancing 
and it's on May 7th and May 15th. May 7th, Maya Kulkarni ji is uh, curating the whole show. There are four beautiful dancers who are performing on that day with very different theme and topic. So people should definitely buy tickets for that. It's yes. at Symphony Space. And the second day show is on May 15th, which is our production, Aval, Unabashedly Herself. That has been a big journey. <laughs> and working with unabashed women in my life, that has created a very different uh, dynamic and a beautiful relationship. So Aval is a, it's a two-year thought process finally coming together with music and with beautiful dancers. So please do come. I think Absolutely. it's a little different choreography, but mm -hmm. you come and judge us and tell us how you feel about it. <laughs> I'm definitely coming. So <laughs> let me know where to get the tickets. Yes, yes. we're going to share that information very soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, right, even with the way you've approached Aval, if you want to talk to like the, the three women, you know, um, I feel like mythologically they're perceived in a very different way and you're bringing that unabashed lens to, you know, their stories and I feel like that's what kind of connects, you know, your journey and this whole production. It's almost like your vision and your experience coming to life of uh, accepting yourself. And then that's what you see in these women. Yeah, I think I, I also should credit some of the books I read and from where the idea actually started giving birth to. Mm -hmm. so one of the books which totally inspired this production was Birth of Kali. I read that book and I immediately got drawn to it. And each woman... She, the writer had a very different ending for each of the women. And I was like, oh, wow, why do I keep seeing them in an abhla nari position? I should see them in a very different lens. And from that, once I read that story, it was so inspiring. I started adding my own storyline to the whole story. It was just not the story from the books. Definitely the characters are inspired like Ahalya, Draupati and uh, Kali is inspired from that book. But then it, they took a very different form and then the story changed very differently from where I started and where it is right now. Wonderful. That's really amazing. So what do you think? What is next for Alokam? Uh, I just need to get done with this. <laughs> for me, I, I don't have long-term visions. I only have short-term visions and then you go from there. That's the thing about creativity, right? In a creative field, you just go with the flow and then you take a pause because that sets the tone for the next thing that has, it has to just come to you. You don't go after it. And the you're thought. so engulfed in the previous thought that for me right now, sleeping, breathing, eating, it's all about thinking about inspiration for this production. Mm -hmm. It is like, I've heard other choreographers say this and I've always thought it's such a cliche line. Uh, you have your own <laughs> line. How do you have that? Yeah. But when yeah. you do, this is my, actually, this is my first full length choreography before that. I've done one or two pieces. I've choreographed for myself, but never done a full-length production where I choreograph. So it's a very different ball game, and it just engulfs you in a way. And I can't think about future. Sometimes I can't think about tomorrow. I have to just go think about today. If I have a rehearsal, I have to figure out what steps are we think going today. <laughs> How am I shaping it today? So yeah, it's hard to think about long visions. No, that's perfectly fine, right? I think every profession and every person is different and uh, that's amazing. So now that we've talked about all this, you want to be, have a fun segment. <laughs> we have a rapid fire round. Are you ready? I am very much ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I know the answer to this, but I will ask. 
Are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm a night owl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel tortured when people say <laughs> pick me up in the morning and ask me to do stuff. Oh my god! I think this is probably not going to this. This probably we should have done it like in the afternoon or something now <laughs> after hearing the answer to that I've question. Been even more livelier at twelve o'clock in the morning. What show are you currently enjoying? I'm watching this beautiful Italian show called uh, My Brilliant Friend. Again, it's a dynamic about two women, and I'm so inspired. Again, that that book was one of the other inspiration I got. Like, women can be so bitchy to each other, but still support each other. That's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that show is. I feel like it's a beautiful show. Awesome. A recent book that you read that made an impact on you. Recently, I've been reading a lot of books. Um, I'm not sure. Like they all make impact in small, small ways, and I'm losing count of how they have made impact on me. <laughs> Maybe Birth of Kali is one of them. That is, I read it like three years back. I haven't gone oh, back. Oh wow! To it again. Oh wow! Okay, so that did make a significant impact. That you know the production. Yes, it did. Awesome. What is your favorite way to unwind? A glass of wine. and talking to my friends nonstop. Oh my god, I think that's a common thread now. I know. <laughs> I think all the dancers do or would love to do that all the time. Oh, you know, we should get together with all the folks that we're interviewing who have this common thread. I think we should form our own wine club. Exactly. We should form a club. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up, what do you have to say to our listeners, artists or non-artists who've gone through or going through similar struggles to you and your, you know, to your journey? you know how do they navigate all of this is there a mantra that you have that you always go back to uh i think the only thing as an artist you can do there were many people who will come this business model won't work that business model won't work you can't do this to do this no you have to find your own journey mm-hmm. when i started everyone said oh bharti you're just jumping blindly into something you don't know I know I had like business meetings. I was like why am I doing business meetings for like dance school and dance company? But if you keep going at it, if you're you you are sure that you can take it forward, it will go forward for you. Now everything has changed. Social media is a big part of your life. You can still be a dancer and not worry about others giving you an opportunity. Opportunity will show up in a time where you don't even think it will show up. Mhm. And I would just say do your thing don't worry about others that's my mantra just remain true to yourself and the journey that you want to take yeah that's awesome that's an awesome message yeah it's inspiring me already <laughs> <laughs> i feel like although you're not a morning person i think us doing interviews you know first thing in the morning kind of gets us going for the day yeah so you've really inspired us you know yes you have <laughs> sometimes i get surprised when when people say they're in, inspired by me but i'm happy to be the inspiration but thank you so much for this guys like it is such a big uh no one has ever asked me for a podcast so i'm very like feeling very fancy right Aww. now <laughs> you should <laughs> you should and you deserve uh you know the kind of recognition that you know you deserve all that recognition because you're doing some fantastic work you've taken you know whatever life has thrown you you've taken it and like they say you took the lemons and made a nice lemonade out of it making many more pictures of lemonade out of it <laughs> <laughs> that's nice yeah yeah and so. so this is truly inspiring and i think our audience would just love to uh, hear more about what's coming from you um so with that we'll post the link to this uh, to this right aid audience yeah. for the tickets mm-hmm. and also links to your 
Instagram, and so on. So we're looking forward to it. And thank you for being on our show, Bharti. This is such a wonderful interview. I loved it. Every bit of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So until next time, bye, everyone. Bye. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Do continue to give us your valuable feedback via ratings, reviews, and hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on our new episodes. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast to get the scoop on our latest episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can also write to us at chai break podcast at gmail.com. 